0: Good morning. I had an order of service. I got my microphone sorted, but then I put my order of service down somewhere and no idea where that went. Good morning. It's nice to see each one of you here this morning. It's lovely. It's fine, I found it. Thank you. Yeah. It's lovely to see familiar faces that we've not seen for a while back with us. Uh, So, welcome to you. It's lovely to have you. If you are new here this morning, You are very welcome too. It's lovely to have you with us. My name is Vicky. I'm one of the ministers. and I shall be sharing the service uh, with Ian, who will be coming later to bring God's word. We've been looking at the book of Daniel. And you'll remember that over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about that phrase, no compromise. As Daniel and his friends were taken to that alien land... And they needed to not compromise on their faith and on their beliefs. And they had to trust in God. And I was reminded of um, the verse from Deuteronomy 31. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. The Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I know for some of you, you need to be reminded of that this morning. You need to claim that for yourselves this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, our God, is with us. We're going to have a sense and a reminder of that as we have our sung worship. And we're going to start with that wonderful song, We Are Marching in the light of god if you're able i invite you to stand (laughs) as we move
1: we thank you father this morning your promises Yes and amen. Your promises to us. Every time we see a cloud in the sky, when we see a rainbow in the sky, when we see the snow falling, the rain dropping, the sun coming out. A beautiful picture of your creation. And we want to thank you this morning that we are created in your beautiful image. Thank you so much that we are gathered this morning before your presence and Some cannot make it here this morning, but here we are in the presence of Jesus. And we raise our voices with joy and thanksgiving. And we say thank you that we are alive this morning. But we thank you that you are alive in us. Even before the end of this meeting, if there's anyone that do not know you, even before the end of this meeting, may they run into your loving embrace. In your arms, we are safe. And we have that assure to this morning that as the praises go up, the blessings come down. Here we are gathered this morning in your presence. And we say thank you for all the great things you've placed in our lives. But more than anything, we thank you for Jesus. It gives us hope this morning. Jesus, that gives us joy this morning.
0: And as we just stand before you or we stay seated as we have been, Lord, we want to give praise to you this day. Lord, we give praise to you for the safe arrival of baby Logan to uh, Ramaya and her family. As Lord, we were able to celebrate with her as a baptism a few Weeks and months ago, Lord, today we are celebrating the safe arrival of her second baby boy. Lord, bless that family as we celebrate with them. And Lord, we praise your name, because you are a good, good father, and we love you, and you love us. and thank you for that. Amen. 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 Thank you. Haley.
2: Good morning, everybody. Um, Just a couple of notices for us this week. Um, Please join us this evening. This evening we are gathering around prayer and you'll see on the notice sheet it's a slightly different service. We're going to be led through a time of quiet reflection using music, creative prayer and scripture. It sounds quite exciting. I've been looking forward to it all week since Vicky told me about it the other week so please do join us. It'd be great to see you at 6pm. We've got a lunchtime service this Wednesday at 12.45 here in the sanctuary so if you're available please do come along and then Wednesday evening at 7.45 it is the final session of understanding the trinity that's on zoom and the zoom link is on the notice sheet so even if you've not done any of the zoom sessions on it before please do join us it's a great opportunity to learn more about the subject and also get to chat to other people within the church who you might not have normally spoken to thank you
0: thank you Hayley And uh, we're going to continue as um, we recognize that people have been giving as they came into the building, whether through the boxes or through the contactless cards, or you've already done that through the banks. And we're going to continue as we offer our prayers of thanks to God for the way that the ministry here and overseas is supported by each one of you. This ministry, this church wouldn't exist without you. And so we thank you and we thank God for your gifts. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that it is out of your goodness we can continue in this place. We thank you for the generosity of each and every person who gives, who gives selfishly, who gives out of what they have. And Lord God, as we um, just offer all that we have to you, be it through our money or through our service, Lord, may it be used to bring glory to your name. Amen. If you haven't yet given and you would like to, feel free to do so. There's The children and young people will be going out to their groups. You can come and put your donations in or to go and use the contactless card now. But the children and young people are heading out to their groups. Whatever age you are, if you would like to go out, Hannah will be by the door and uh, she will be able to direct you to the correct age group related activities. And we bless you children as you go and we thank the teachers and the helpers who are going out too. I talked earlier about needing that reminder sometimes when things are difficult, that our faith is rooted in Christ. And as we sing our next song, very much are we declaring Christ as our rock and our cornerstone, our hope and our certainty for the future. I invite you, if you're able, to stand as we sing in Christ alone.
1: We together in Christ.
0: <laughs> Now I know, thank you. We're going to have a time of prayer of intercession. Tola, are you here? Have I just not seen you come in? Fantastic. Tola is going to lead us in our time of intercession now as he makes his way forward.
3: Shall we pray, church? Our Father in heaven, with a joyful and thankful heart, We say, our be thy name, for giving us another opportunity to worship you today. Thank you for your awesome presence in our individual lives, in our families, the church family, and in our neighborhoods. Father God, we praise you for giving us the privilege of life and for everything you provided to sustain it. Father, have mercy upon us for those times we have disappointed you by not obeying your commandments. Forgive us our sins and help us, I say, help us, O Lord, to forgive those who have sinned against us. Wonderful Father in heaven, we thank you for your protection. We thank you for the difficulties you have helped us to overcome. We thank you for the unseen dangers you have helped us to escape. We pray that your love and mercy, we pray that by your love and mercy, no evil will befall us. No evil will befall our families today, tomorrow, and in the future. We remember our beloved brothers and sisters in the church and our respective families outside of the church who are poorly or suffering any kind of loss at this present moment. We pray that our sovereign God, you will make them well because of your loving kindness. We pray that you will deliver them from sickness and any affliction that, may, that they may be experiencing, especially at this fragile time that the world is slowly recovering from a pandemic. Father God Almighty, claim your promise of oldness and long for your healing. Father, touch the sick and heal the bereaved. Almighty Father, all around us in the world, Unsur- certain abound, and disasters are imminent. There is power play going on among those you have put at the positions of privilege to be leaders. Father, we pray that nations will be united to work towards peace. Let them be guided by your Holy Spirit. To make wise decisions that will sustain love throughout your creation. Father God Almighty, we live in a world where some of us throw food out while others go to bed hungry. Where some have excess of modern amenities at their disposal. But others struggle to even find clean water to drink. Almighty Father. Let your word learn to share with one another to promote your love. Finally, Father God, you've blessed humankind with understanding and creativity. Show us how to use these gifts wisely and for your glory. Help our leaders and every one of us to learn from our past mistakes and plan for a better and responsible future. All these we ask for. And those that we have forgotten to ask for, Lord, we trust that you will provide for us. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you. We're going to continue with our passage on Daniel as Lynn comes and leads us with the reading. Thank you, Lynn.
4: Morning. Brie and I are going to share the reading. (laughs) It's a long one. Uh, We're reading from Daniel 3, the whole chapter, and it's entitled The Image of Gold and the Fiery Furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, "'O king, live forever!' You have issued a decree, O King, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, mesach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O King. They neither serve you your gods, nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand?
5: Continuing from 16 to 30, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of his strongest soldiers in this army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound together, thrown into the furnace, into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was their their, their hair on their heads singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I decree the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be burnt into piles of rubble, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the province of Babylon. This is the word of God.
6: Thank you, Bree, and lynn for reading that long story an amazing story isn't it it's one of those favorites that we teach the sunday school children time and time again and you may remember it from your sunday school days and keep remember trying to remember how to say those names shake the bed make the bed and to bed you go But what an amazing testimony of faith, an amazing trust in God. And when you come, as you know, we're traveling through the book of Daniel at the moment, the harder bits are yet to come. We are looking forward to that. But in this part of Daniel 3, we could just talk about the miracle of the God who saves and we will cover that. But I wanted to take a step back first and ask the question, so what's happening? They say power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And here we have in Nebuchadnezzar a king who wanted everybody to recognize he was the most powerful. And he would do anything he could just to make himself powerful. The trouble is it becomes like a drug power, doesn't it? And we see this so much in society even today. They want more and more power and there's power grabbing. There's never a satisfaction. A nation that's got land always wants more land. A nation that's got money always wants more money and never worrying about the effects of it. And in this passage we see the story and the contrast between a man who wanted absolute power fighting a God who had absolute power. And King Nebuchadnezzar is going to learn a hard lesson. And he will see that his inability to bow the knee to the living God will be his downfall. And God will have the victory. But that is for another week. The gold statue is made. We have there the statistics of the height of it, 90 foot high. That's quite a high statue. And people are there, and when all the instruments play that uh, Lynn listed a few times, the harp, the lyre, and all the rest of it, everybody was to bow the knee. Absolutely everyone. There are no excuses, no exemptions. You couldn't apply for an exemption saying, Do you know, what? I'll get a bit arthritic, I can't get down there. No, you were going to bow the knee. Because this was a sign of your total giving power to Nebuchadnezzar. You were not going to argue with this. But, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this was an ask too much. This was an ask too much. You see, this very thing went against the core ten commandments that God had given the Jewish people. And the first two, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and have no idols and the king's plan was a direct contrast to that which Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego held dear yet so often even today when laws are made and when things change do we just allow ourselves to fit in? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego for a quiet life could have just bowed the knee and crossed their fingers and hoped it didn't really matter. But no, their conscience wouldn't let them do that. They didn't want to upset their God, who they loved and they worshipped, their relationship with God was far more important than even their own life itself. So they didn't. I wonder whether today, as Christians, we do allow ourselves to conform far too much, to fit in, to not stand out, I wonder if today, as Christians, we allow ourselves to compromise far too many things. Remember the other week, I talked about rootedness, standing tall, and looking towards the future with faith, but the fact that we should not compromise. Yeah, I think the Church of Jesus Christ, in so many ways, has compromised. We've allowed ourselves to be taken away by philosophies and th- things that are not within the Bible. We have not held firm enough to the Bible's teaching and allowed ourselves to become, well, wishy-washy. Paul, writing to the Roman church. You'll know the f- f- chapter 12, verse 1. Offer your lives as living sacrifices. This is your act of worship what have you offered to god today have we offered a life that's compromised that's not been the best and verse 2 of romans 12 says this do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So today I'm going to do a very Baptist thing. We have a history of being nonconformists, And today... I believe God's saying to us, don't conform. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that was a bright idea or somebody thought that's doing it recently. (laughs) Don't conform. Don't conform, says Paul, to the patterns of this world. Don't just fit in. Don't just go for that easy. But be different. Be radical. Allowing our moral and ethic ethic compass to swing to God. And not just fit in with that which is going around. Not challenging it. You see, as Christians, we are called to be different. Of course, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this was a life and death thing. And for you, it may not be that, but it may be a thing about your job. Standing firm for what you believe in may compromise your job or future job job promotion prospects. You see, being nonconformist means you don't just slip in and accept all that's going on around you in the office or workplace. You don't join in the office bullying when you're going to be the only person who's standing out and saying, do not treat people that way. Being non-conformist, maybe you're the only one not bad-mouthing others. And you might find that you lose friendships and relationships by not agreeing with everybody's new philosophy. But for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the bowing the knee to that idol was that line. They could not cross it. And you're going to find in your life there are going to come lines where we cannot cross it. Because we want to be people of the Bible. And maybe right now, you're thinking of a line that you're being asked to cross. Maybe to submit a report that's not quite true. Maybe to accept a philosophy that you just aren't comfortable with. Maybe you're being challenged about fitting in instead of standing out. No compromise, not conforming. And although in many ways I might be speaking theoretically, but in this nation, in the UK, in Great Britain, people are losing their jobs, Christians are losing their jobs, and being taken to court being sued being challenged for not fitting in this is the world in which we live Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were challenged when they did not obey the orders but they were non they knew what they were being asked to do was wrong and they would rather pay the cost and not offend their God or compromise themselves. Let me just stop for a moment and ask us how important is our God to us right now? How essential Is that relationship of yours with God? Is it one where you would be prepared to stand up even if you're the only one? Even if it caused you hardship, loss of job? Do you love your God enough to be really different? And not to bow the knee to wrong things. It's a big question, isn't it? It's a massive question. Yet for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, this was the reality. This wasn't theoretical. This was the reality and for people in this room, it may be a reality today. A reality of whether you go on in your career or not. A reality. In the story, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they were prepared to answer for themselves. Got to realize the context was the world was against the Jews. Has been throughout most of history. And the horrific things that have happened to the Jewish nations, we pray, will never happen again. The Holocaust. But the Holocaust was one of the latest, not that which had been going on for years and years. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew this was more than about them. But they were not going to compromise. And when King Nebuchadnezzar came and started questioning them, they said this. We do not need to defend ourselves to you in this matter. They recognized the authority of the king was nothing to the authority of the living God. And well, don't get me wrong, we're not called to be disrespectful to everybody in authority, saying, Well, you have nothing. I've got some, I've got, you know, I know the boss, the big boss, you know, those people who go to a situation where they're cross and they say, Do you know who I am? And you feel like saying, I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, maybe your mother does, or something like that. No, it's not that sort of disrespectful. But before King Nebuchadnezzar, they knew their God was greater. And they say, if we're thrown into the burning, fire, burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver it. There was a word of faith there. God will save us. But, even if he does not, We want you to know, Your Majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Our God can save us, our God is all powerful, but even if He does not, we will not bow that knee. We will not compromise. We will still stand for God. As we know, as the story went on, God was faithful. Yes, they still had to go through the furnace and the injustice. And nowhere in the Bible does it say, if you stand up to God, nothing will happen to you. You see, if you stand up for God, you may get persecuted. Christians in many parts of the world today are still being persecuted for their faith. Our Nigerian sisters and brothers know this only too well for some of the things that happen, happening right now. In Nigeria, against people of the Christian faith, and many other parts of the world. And in some parts of the world, it's far harder to stand up as a Christian than it is here in the UK. The Bible never gives us this quite nice clean answer that every time you stand up it will be like the story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego where you go through the furnace and come out not even being slightly burnt. Some of the apostles died stoned, hung. And we're not immune. Following Jesus at times will not be comfortable. And yes, it may cost you that job or that promotion. But will we still not conform? Will we still not conform? Or will we count the cost and decide the cost of following Jesus is too high? What cost do you believe following Jesus' is worth to you? What level of cost are you prepared to pay? Or do you have a ceiling that says, I will pay this much but no more? This story is about nonconformity. And I believe God's calling each one of us to really examine ourselves. Really examine ourselves as to what cost we're paid, prepared to pay for our faith in Jesus Christ. In a nation that is changing where it's politically incorrect to say certain things that are biblical. What cost will we pay as followers of Jesus? There will be a day when the church is pushed to the margins of our society and considered irrelevant and not Part of society, where it'd be okay, there'll be a day where it'd be okay to discriminate against Christians because they held strange views. I don't think that day's too far off in some parts of our society. What cost will we pay to follow Jesus? For Shadrach, Mishnah, and Meshach and Abednego, there was that certainty that God would meet them. And we know in the story, he did. He met them in the fiery furnace. And God has said he will never leave us or forsake us. But as we've already said, sometimes it will be Costly. As we come towards an end of this story, we do see a God who was honoured. A God who was honoured. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's stand caused a change of the law and God to be honoured as he was seen to be powerful. got to say, sometimes I think Christians don't honour God the way they behave. And they bring shame on God. And I think we need to learn as Christians as to what it's right to stand up for and hold. And when we're standing up, how to behave. To behave with respect. But hold dear to what we know is truth. Nebuchadnezzar, towards the end of this chapter, after Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace, he says these words, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who sent his angels and rescued his servants. Well, the king saw the power of God at work. We don't know inside Shadrach, Meshach, as Abednego's head, do we? They're probably thinking, that was close. We don't, be- don't know that they had some kind of godly, no fear about being thrown in this furnace. They had nothing to say they would definitely be saved. They were just trusting God with all that they had. But God... Was honored through their stance and their behavior. Yes, Nebuchadnezzar passed the law that people should not badmouth the goddess Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego or cause them any harms, but sadly, we will see that he was not humbled either. He still wanted to be in control. And we'll see next week who turns out to be the ultimate winner. But as we close, I want to ask you where would you have stood or knelt? What's your red lines that you will not cross and compromise for God's sake? What's the situation where you're being called to stand up and not to conform? Maybe you have conformed in the past and you need to step back and let God again take control. You've allowed God's ultimate role in your life to be compromised by the world around you. And you've allowed your faith in Jesus to become diluted, to fit in? Does God's rule needs to be paramount again? As you stand, are you looking for a personal victory, which is one where you say, "I won," or are you looking to give God the glory? Or you see God winning? Are you rooted, standing up, walking forward in faith, not conforming? And as we start to draw our service to a close, I believe for some this is a big question. It's a question that causes us to ask ourselves, where do we stand? What is it we stand for? It will be a question where we feel we have let God down and we need to come back to the throne of God and again stand firm for his values, for his truth. As we come in reflection, we're going to stay seated as we sing that simple song, Faithful One, so unchanging, recognizing that God is faithful. He is faithful.
1: Immediately after the service, and please join us this evening for evening service. And as I mentioned earlier, should you want prayers, please do come forward. And we have people who will be ready to pray along with you. Let us share the grace in fellowship together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and evermore. Amen. God bless you.